But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie podcast. My name is Brian. Is Joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Finding myself in the big cryosleep. <laughs> your co-host, Julie. The sun is high and the peppers are reapening, reap, ripening their air. <laughs> Carolina reapers. Little peppers reaping other vegetables. Uh, here goes uh, Thorsten. <laughs> yeah, awakened from uh, from cryo sleep and uh, it's sunny out there again. Nice. Uh, your co-host uh, Jacob. The fact that I'm here proves there is no god. And your co-host, David. Look at all them frozen meatballs outside. Oh, that was a different game. That was the the quantum game. Uh, Was it quantum derelict? Yeah, that that was that was interesting. Yeah, the funny Cthulhu game. Where where asteroids have organic matter in them, so we call them space meatballs. Um, Friends, we have a guest today joining us from also Chicago. Uh, Nick Tringali, oh, I hope I said that right, Nick Tringali of Lunar Division to talk about his uh, recently released, God, uh, strategy puzzle game thing, strategy puzzle board game. I, I would, Hi. The, uh, 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 the Banished Vault. Welcome, Nick. Hi. I'm having a perfectly normal time. It's you <laughs> that are having the bad time. <laughs> wow. Wow. I think that might be the first guest that came in with their own line. Like like some of some of some of our co-hosts do a line, as you've heard, but like I don't think a guest has ever dropped a line after their intro. Well done. It's awesome. <laughs> so folks, if you're unaware, uh just real quick, the Banished Vault uh, came out um a couple weeks ago now, as we record this. Yeah, the twenty fifth. Yeah, so late late July as we record this in early August of 2023, and it is a fascinating thing. So we want to hear all about it. So, uh, Nick, when did you start working on? Well, how, okay, let's start at the basics. How would you describe this game? It's your it's your baby. How would you describe this game to people? Yeah, I would describe the Banished Vault as a space exploration strategy game where you explore solar systems and you are in a interstellar gothic monastery and it is quite mentally demanding and you have some dice rolls and it's board game themed and yeah, that's about it. The the rough way to put it. Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's- I mean, it's obviously accurate. It's your game, but I mean, that really gets the gist of it. You look at this game and you kind of think, oh, board game. Because you could see a physical version of this. You could totally see. It, was, that, was, was that kind of intended with the art style to kind of make it look like this is a board that you could have yeah. in someone's living room? Uh, yes. Yeah. The, no, the whole, the whole art style is very much everything has like correct lighting and the surface and materials and, and so on. Yeah. I have to say it's fascinating in that regard, uh, the art style, because you don't see a lot of games using this kind of, I mean, there are, there are video board game adaptations out there, but like 
this doesn't clearly label itself as a board game. So when you're playing it, you're like, wow, this, this looks like it could be a board game. And you have like counters and stuff on the map and you're placing pieces. So it's, I mean, it, you really captured the look and feel of a board game. I feel I don't even board game that much. <laughs> and I wanted to real compliment you on your art style, because the first time I saw it, it just said Edward Gore to me. And uh, I just love the pictures and the manual and the, in on the, the HUD. Thank you. Yeah, no, the art, all the 2d art is done by an artist named Garen who has a like uh, really distinctive style, obviously um, that works just overall with like the theme and uh, the, the mood that we're trying to put the player into. Uh, they did. They did a phenomenal job. Speaking of which, speaking of uh, the manual, friends, this is this is a game where you can buy a printed uh, manual for this game. It is five dollars currently on Amazon. Are there other places you can buy it besides Amazon, or is it just Amazon? No, just Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is a lovely little manual coming in at what about uh, close to sixty pages. I, I, I have to say, I love how you have that, like the old style manual thing of notes in the background. Yeah. Very, it's very classy. I, I mean, I don't know about you, um, if you're old enough, but I grew up with all kinds of printed manuals like this and they all had notes sections in the back. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I mean, that's definitely something I, I don't remember exactly which games, um, but definitely I, I am old enough yet to have a bunch of games that I would buy would come with little booklets or, or a whole manual or whatever. Yeah. And this manual is friends. It's $5. It's on Amazon. If you can get it just to read it, cause it's very well written. And the art style in the manual, like the game also is, did the same artist work on the art for the manual? Yeah. Oh no. The art in the manual is a lot of the art used in game. So it's, it's all, it's all kind of one stream. Um, and we wanted to do the manual from the beginning. So we planned the art to go into both essentially. Um, and there's art in the manual that hasn't shown up in the game yet, which is stuff we're going to be putting into the game. Oh, soon. Oh wait. So one of your early design decisions was to have a printed manual. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, the printed manual, the, the actual printed part of it, we weren't a hundred percent sure we'd be able to do, but mm. the concept of a manual and, the game having a like teaching style that incorporated a manual was from, from day one. Yeah. Um, and then the printed stuff was something we like made sure to not kind of like paint ourselves into a corner and not be able to do it. But, uh, yeah, that the physical part of it was not a hundred percent sure. I mean, it's still pretty awesome. Go ahead, Thorsten. I want to interject here and, uh, say, that's probably an option for other devs too. Uh, I think that's that's a good idea to to offer a, a printed manual separately, either on Amazon or uh, as another example, Lulu.com. I, I yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work. <laughs> Is the reason that you don't see people do it. Um, so I can't fault anybody for not doing it because uh, yeah, it, it was a considerable amount of work throughout the production to to get it done. So, so what kind of, so did you use an on-demand printing? I'm just curious about the printed manual. I hope you don't mind me harping about it because I honestly love it. I love manuals. Did you use it like an on-demand service or is it at, through Amazon yeah. directly or? 
Amazon has a print-on-demand service, so oh. that's how it's done. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense that they would, but I just didn't know that. I've, you know, that's, and uh, yeah, because again, this is just a really well done manual. I, I have to say, I'm so impressed by it. Thank you. I just wanted to ask. I I really a lot of times when we have guests on, and it's like when it's an outer space game it's a lot of times it's just like a tactics game or it's outer space ships where shooting at each other and i really enjoyed the style of the game i was delighted when i started to play it and i said wow this is almost like i'm playing it on the tabletop in my uh, dining room and i'm wondering what was behind that decision when you designed the game the decision to not make a combat game yeah, to to make a game that was like this, that it was like uh, something I can I can see this as something that I opened up and here's the board game and spread out the pieces in my living room and everybody play it for a night. Right. Yeah. So from the start, um, I guess I would say like my strengths of the designer probably in uh, thinking through a lot of analog designs as well. Like I've never published a board game necessarily, but I make you know, card games on the side or just for fun. Um, And I don't, you know, I don't know if I could make like a full, let's say like video game style, you know, space strategy game to kind of broadly put them in. Uh, I don't know if I could do that or it'd be kind of like a very experimental thing to do. Whereas this style of game where the rules and the ideas are closer to an analog type system is basically just, you know, something that's kind of in my wheelhouse. And so that's, that is kind of why it's that way. (laughs) I know that sounds weird, but uh, yeah, it wasn't like a distinct decision in that sense. It was more like, these are the kinds of designs I think through. So I'll make, I'll make that style of game. Well, I, I personally, and I want to ask, and I know this is when Jacob's going to groan, because I want to be able to sit on my sofa oh, on a rainy afternoon <laughs> and play it on Switch. Bingo. When is the Kickstarter for Switch? And I'll contribute. I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's the a straightforward answer is, you know, maybe. Um, but it's, you know, it takes a lot of effort and time and money to port anything, so... I, I understand, and it does, but every now and then a developer surprises me and says, early next year. Sure. Yeah, it's true. Now, one question I have uh, before we get into the game itself, since we talked about board gaming so much, are there any plans to make a physical version of this? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I understand, like, yeah, it looks, you know, oh, it looks like it has pieces in a table, but it's it's honestly like it's probably not doable as a physical the moment game. you have to break <laughs> out like the, the the big issue are the planetary maps yeah because yeah, you can sort yeah. of store them in memory on a computer yeah. but having to like have several dozens randomized grids on a table <laughs> on top of the actual delta v map which by hey. the way this is a delta v map yeah and, and as well like there's quite a bit of rules and stuff that the game is doing that it's not showing to you right like generating a solar system would take you know a a significant amount of time to do in person where the where the computer can just do it and there's a lot of randomization that the game does it doesn't it doesn't show you because it's not particularly interesting and like 
yeah, the dice rolls are fun and you do the dice rolls in real life, but there's, yeah, it would not be, I think a particularly fun as, I mean, as far as like literally taking it for what it is, it wouldn't be particularly fun in person. That's um, fair. I just thought it'd be yeah. funny to ask. Um, I did want to ask about the system generation since you just brought that up. Um, Cause it's, I've, I've generated like maybe half a dozen systems now and I'm wondering, are they always generated to be solvable or is it sometimes possible to come up with a system that is not doable? Um, it is not, there is not a necessarily a system. The game is not like proving that there is a solvable system in that, in the kind of like puzzle sense or in like, if you know, like you can generate Sudoku grids that are solvable or not solvable. Right. So like it's, it's, too complicated to say is the system definitely solvable or not but that said yes i mean they are all solvable and that they all have the right resources and um like they're kind of tuned to be in like a specific way that you know it's never going to generate something that has like one link between planets is like 80 energy or whatever right um but the game does eventually get harder and after a certain point it will stop caring if if a system is solvable um <laughs> once you get That's far it. enough in it will it'll generate systems that don't have resource some sp- specific resources in them um so you can oh crap find a system that doesn't have any water in it at all so and hopefully, those, you, brought, you, hopefully you brought some with you basically yeah so and the other thing is like solvable <laughs> is very contextual right because if you bring a lot Fair. of water that is solvable but if you are kind of running close to the wire that it could just be a, a instant game over right um so that's a it's kind of a not a very straightforward way. No, I guess question. I didn't. I didn't. I guess I didn't phrase the question well. I guess what I mean to ask is like, what are the rules that the game uses to generate systems to not make it too brutal? Or I guess it will get too sure. brutal later. But like, what yeah. does, does the game have a set of rules it uses to generate a system that yeah. can work for the player? Sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No. There's a lot of like. You know, this you're you're in a specific kind of map. Like, oh, you this you know, please generate a, a solar system that's just asteroids, and and then it'll say like, okay, well, this has so many asteroids with so many groups with so many gaps in between them. Where do all the resources go? How are the actions distributed across all of the regions, and and so on? It's not purely random at any point. Okay. Because as I've, like I said, I've generated several maps at this point. And they're all just, just fascinating. <laughs> they're all just absolutely fascinating to just to look at. Like, I just love the. Okay, so I'm an idiot. What's a delta V map? Jacob brought that up earlier. I don't know what a delta V map is. Uh, a delta. So a delta V map. <clears throat> so basically, to make a transit between any like stable orbit in a solar system costs velocity, and so the measure the measure of that velocity is the you know delta V essentially, and you can map out a solar system in a very abstract way by just like if you've seen those like subway maps of the solar system or whatever, right? That's what a delta V map is, and it's less about the like specific positions or you know relative positions of planets and just how much it's energy how do you much, have to expend how much you need to speed up or slow down to get there yeah oh 
okay. So that's why certain engines will work to go to certain planets and some won't. Yes. Oh, well, that's a different thing. Oh, is uh, it? Okay. Planets, <laughs> pl- pl- planets have gravity. I know. I know. I'm just saying. I don't know, okay. If you don't have an engine that's it... strong enough, you're going to uh, cra- you're going to horribly crash and burn because uh, you do not have the power in the engine to slow down sufficiently quickly. Right. So that's where the different engines come into play. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. A Delta B map assumes you don't care how long uh, it takes to get anywhere because in in the kind of context of like a space probe going somewhere, you can spend a year or a month going to somewhere and you sit, you spend the same amount of energy in a kind of broad sense. That's not really true, obviously, but like you can, you can roughly spend the same amount of energy in a different way and take a different amount of time. Um, and that's, that's basically what a Delta B map is. Okay. Cause yeah, um, the planets work by slightly different rules because gravity gets involved and you can yeah. fall down and, uh, Exactly. Things get very unpleasant once you crash into the cross at Mach 10. <laughs> so you want to avoid that. Well, I appreciate you guys abstracting that stuff for a dum-dum like me. <laughs> yeah, the game could be harder. I, I'll t- I can tell you that. <laughs> the, the math could be more correct, and please, it would be harder. Please uh, no. Please, please, please no. Uh, I also like that there's a calculator in the game, like a kind of a slide roll kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Where did that come from? Someone someone in the stream asked about it this morning. I hadn't really played with it. And then I started playing with it. I'm like, oh, God, this is so useful. Why haven't I touched yeah. this before? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that came in. The idea for that came pretty early because the, so the very first thing that was built was just like the map and like the engines and and like coding in the rocket equation and so on. And so it was like, is it fun to just kind of mess around and fly around and try and conserve fuel? And and then quickly after that, it was like, you know, yeah, this is fun, but you would probably want some kind of way to calculate what you want to do and, you know, make predictions and so on. And the math behind the rocket equation is like this really sort of complicated logarithmic equation that is not easily kind of solvable. It, it sort of is like to, to abstract it for a player, like board games have done it. Um, but I wanted to kind of keep it to make sure it like maintained the logarithmic curve. And so you basically is like, okay, well, let's have a calculator in the game. But straight away, I was like, well, I don't want like a numpad equivalent because that's boring and kind of like irritating to use. Right. And fundamentally, you're really just playing with three values and just seeing what the three values combine into. And so it's like, oh, yeah, well, a slide rule something like a side rule probably makes sense. And then it broke it out into being a little bit easier to use in a side rule. Um, but the same <laughs> sort of, true. <laughs> it is really neat looking and I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's really yeah. great. Like once I, once I, once someone asked me about it, I started using it, I'm like, why wasn't I using this before? Oh, because I, as a gamer, I forget the tools I have available to me all the time and just don't use them. So, but yeah. that's, that's, yeah, a me I do, that's a me thing. I do certainly say 10 out of 10 in terms of feeling perspective of be of being this this weird techno monk in a dark room staring at a board and like running this little three-way uh three-way ruler trying to map trying to math out uh, how much fuel you need to get to a place. Yeah, and fundamentally it's a lot more playful than like a numpad calculator, right? Like it's you know, it makes clicks and, and, and so on. And that those kinds of little things are 
important for a otherwise kind of brain melty sort of thing. And um, it and it has its own little art style to tactile. it too. Yeah, it's, it's it, that's a good it, word to do. Yeah, it's tactile in a sense. Yeah, yeah, and it reinforces the tactility of everything else. Yeah, the game really does feel tactile. Like I really do feel like I'm moving uh, physical objects around, uh, which is just and I I love the. I love the design of the ships. I just have to say how vertical they are. Like not mm-hmm. a lot of games do vertical ships. Most of them are very horizontal. You don't, you don't see it in science fiction much either. Like you have Firefly and um, <laughs> like even Warhammer, their massive castle ships are mostly horizontal. So I love how you have these like giant vertical church looking things. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my the the like overall kind of starting point for the visual design actually comes from the Nostromo, um, which it was explicitly designed to look like a Gothic church oh. or a Gothic cathedral. Um, and so, uh, Garrett and I we were starting to to talk it when we started working together. But there wasn't a specific visual design it was going to be it was you know like broadly gothic architecture is like the overall direction and so i said right let's let's mess around with some vertical stuff and thinking of the nostromo the nostromo as in the ship from alien mm-hmm. yeah i hmm. wanted to to ask you when i look at some of your uh, other games here you know it's like sun dogs Looks like it could have been drawn on a on a board by my advanced statistics instructor, and yet Vienna Automobile Society looks like it could have been on my Nintendo sixty four here. I mean, my Nintendo the the original one. And I'm wondering about your own background. It's because there's such a diversity of styles here. Did you just wake up one day and say, "I know nobody else has done is doing these kind of games"? Uh, what's behind your decision to um, be a game designer, game developer? Did you just say, "Hey, I don't want to want to risk the mortgage on my house"? Or where's what's your background? Oh, I appreciate you saying a diversity when I would I would say it. I just get bored very quickly and <laughs> and try something new. Um, uh, no, I mean I just some yeah, call it diversity, others call it ADHD. Yeah, it's being a dilettante um, is the other way, other way to put it. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean I I it's I don't know it's something I just sort of decided I I felt like I could do and enjoyed thinking about and and eventually realized it's something I would be I would do regardless of whatever my like paying job was you know I'd still be making making games and make stuff on the side um and so yeah that's that's sort of that's sort of why I do it is because I can't help it well it's just it's nice to see with so many people in game development that say, hey, I know, I'm just going to jump on the bandwagon and make something that looks like something else. I really appreciate it when a game developer comes along and says, I'm going to make something that isn't like anything else. I'm going to make do something really novel, which is why, you know, when I talked to Richard Bartle once, he said, this is probably the indie game developers is where advancements and new things are going to come from. Well, the other side to that, uh is it's also the best way to learn something is to you know copy somebody else right and try and understand the decisions that go into there so it's not uh it's not a totally like useless way to understand how to make games because 
you know, you gotta, you sort of have to break it apart and rebuild it um, to kind of get an idea of why certain decisions were made or, or whatever. So, yeah. So is this your first game? I, I, I apologize. I didn't look, but is this your first game or have you done games before this one? Sorry. The, is the banished vault my first game? Yes. Is the banished vault your no. first game? Okay. No, I think I think it's eight or nine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I should have done more research. <laughs> what are, what are some of your other games, if you don't mind me asking? Uh well, yeah, Julie just mentioned a couple. So Sundogs and Being Out Rebel Society and and then with uh Bithel Games, let's see, I did worked on uh volume, quarantine, uh quarantine circular, subservice circular, earthshape, John Wick Hex, Arcsmith. Hmm. I think that's it. I apologize. I missed some of those. I got a phone call while you guys were talking a few minutes ago. I had to take my headphones off. So I apologize for that. You know, it's just the, the diversity again is what's so astounding is I'm, I'm looking at uh, something for Arcsmith, you know, and it's looks, I think it's made for the Oculus is what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. And, and yet, you know, I see this, what we were playing here this morning is, looks like a board game, and the other one is like a racer for my old Nintendo. And I said, wow, just the 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 diversity between the different styles is amazing. I guess you got to find ways to keep yourself interested, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> that is, that's like I said, I get bored easily. What did what, you call it, a dilettante? I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start using that. I'm a dilettante of video games. <laughs> I also, I also jump around from one thing to another all the time. Mm. Uh, so, For reference, was, Brian rarely finishes games. Rarely, very rarely. Um, yeah, I, I, I play them. It's like, okay, that was fun. Moving on. Uh, I, I, I very rarely finish a game, but I have to try them all. I got to chase that dragon. I got to see if there's a game out there that'll give me that feeling I got when I first played Starflight in 1986. There's got to be one, right? Uh, (laughs) um, So was the difficulty a decision from the outset, or was that something that came into into play as the game was developed? Um, No, the difficulty sort of kind of fell into its into place on its own um what was set in from the outset was the idea that the resources uh have to exist somewhere right so there's no kind of global pool of resources that when you construct a building it's just kind of automatically pulled from the ether and that really kind of sets the tone for everything else because once you have to bring something somewhere you can kind of make an easy mistake and and forget something or yep. plan correctly or yep. misunderstand the, the cost of something. Yep. Um, <laughs> that all and, and that, and it kind of, yeah, that's, that's the kind of source of all the difficulty in a sense, not truly, but like, that's the kind of core. Of it. Yeah. Because like, because you actually have to figure out how to get things to and from, that's really one of the big core challenges of this game is to successfully not only to successfully make things like a lot of games have you make things, but to successful to successfully transport things to and from. Yeah. Is, yeah. And, and, and then the, there's the time limit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the goal was to make a solar system feel big. And to, even though you can kind of see two planets visually on screen, make it feel far away. Cause the, the labor to take something from one spot to 
Yeah, you've definitely done that because even the the solar systems I've seen in the early game are feel they feel positively huge. Like I'll see one planet that has like six resources on it or whatever, all the way over there. It's like, okay, I'm never getting to that one. <laughs> I mean, maybe I could if I really if my brain was better, but I'm never getting to that one. I'll just get the 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 stasis I can and get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So like that that feeling combined with the like just strict necess- like the, the strict like approach that the game takes to resource management assembles yeah. the difficulty. Yeah, it is very strict, isn't it? Like you need this resource to build this thing, and if you don't have it, you can't do it. Um, but only this planet makes this thing that you need. It's it's. I, I do love the puzzle-like aspect of it. That's probably my favorite part of it, trying to fit all the relative pieces together to make the things you need. But I, I also love that it's not just about the things, it's about the people. Like you have people you need at these places to to manage these machines. So it's not just like you're a godlike being pushing a button and oh, suddenly you have iron. You know, you actually have to have a person there. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's obviously. You're cutting out a bit. Are you, are you having some? Oh. Are you, are you, uh, did you like move away from the mic or something? Possibly. No. Hold on. Is this is this better? Yeah, this is better. Much better. Uh, okay, yeah, thank, cool. Sorry about you. that. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. Uh, it's, well, it's what happens when you do it live. It's fine. I'm just letting you know. Uh, what was it? What was I going to? What was I saying? Yeah, the the people's is always a big part of it, and just having that distance also be felt when someone is far away, then they feel, you know, they feel far away. Yeah, that was the interesting thing. Like when I when in my game this morning, I had one guy on like the furthest planet I could get to, and they felt so far away from everyone else. And I just started thinking, like, what must it be like to be that one person, like on that planet by themselves, pushing the, you know, mine water button. Yeah, <laughs> and it kind of feels like lonely. And I think that's yeah. kind of what this game makes you feel is like, wow, I'm feeling really lonely in this big expanse of nothing. <laughs> that I have to work with to to get the hell out of here, like it it does kind of evoke a feeling of loneliness. Even even though you you have other people, you're not all together all the time. You can't be. Um, so yeah, I I kind of did get that feeling of loneliness while playing the game. In a, in a abstract sense, it's a it's a bit of psychological horror. Absolutely, because you have the time limit. You have the few exiles that you have available and the thing that's creeping up on you. And there's a sense of dread there, a very palpable sense of dread. It, I'm going to be honest, it reminded me of the never-ending story with, with the nothing chasing Interesting. you. Uh, and that, I've never seen it, so I, I, can't, oh, I can't say to that. It's a don't. It's a great movie, but it is so depressing. <laughs> it's a children's movie, for God's sakes, and it it's it's scarring. There's a, there's a scene or two in there that has like scarred me for life. I'm not even kidding, and it's a kid's Sheesh. movie. Yeah, yeah, it, y- yeah. Y- yeah. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Spaz? You know exactly. <laughs> of course, I, I I've been to the studio where it was filmed, and I actually sat on the actual Luck Dragon. So. Oh, right. Yeah, that's amazing. Least, least traumatizing 1980s children's film. Uh, 
When did that? I would say Transformers the movie is about as traumatizing for I the would same ag- reason. I would agree. Okay, yeah. fair. I, I was 13 when that movie came out. It's 30 some, it's what, 35 years ago, 36 years ago yesterday, I think. Still traumatizing. Oh, I cried yeah. like a, I cried Still like a baby. I cried like a baby the first time I saw it in the theater. I was 13 and I cried. I wept. <laughs> the, the, the adult that I was with had no idea why. Like, he's like, why are you guys crying? You know, you know how kids cry. They can't talk. You know, that's what it was like. <laughs> Sorry. Tangent. Was that tangent number one? <laughs> number one? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not counting. Well, I believe that was the first Let's one only 30 minutes. That was the first one only 30 <laughs> minutes in that all considered were remarkably on track. <laughs> well, this game, let's be honest. This game is very focused. It has a very, I have to admit, it feels like it has a very clear design goal. It has a very clear goal of what it expects of the player. And uh, so that, I think, leads to a focused discussion about it. Because, yeah, this is a very, very tight design. I, I have to admit, and I'm, I'm really just, the more I think about yeah. it, the more I've played it, uh, the more impressed I am with how just tight this design is, you know? Like, I don't think I found any bugs. Well, not even that. I don't think I found anything that was, like, super confusing or super, like, what? Why? Like, I played a game this morning for the stream that 20 seconds in, I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) The only thing that was explained in that game was the controls. And nothing else. Not why you're there, what's attacking you how you're supposed to survive the only thing that was explained was the controls that's not very good at all for onboarding I wanted to uh, ask you if I may about plans going forward for this game for example um, I've played Ixion before and people say well hey you know why are you doing this game that's about like that's because Ixion is actually kind of like what I do for a living project management. But I, what I, one of the things about Ixion that I noticed, there's actually a story, even though it's a lot of its resource management. And so I'm wondering if there are like future plans for what you'd like to do with this game or is this is like once it's done, that's it. Uh, yeah, we have a few things we're going to update um, soonish or over the next couple of months, I suppose. Um, but they're pretty light, I would say. We haven't like fully finalized what they are yet. Um, but after that, we're just we're not sure. Um, it kind of depends how things how things go. To be honest, that's fair. Uh, friends, one just a technical thing, real quick. The sound started getting really robotic, and that was on my end. Um, sometimes I use a thing called Voice Meter Banana, which is a mixer, and most of the time it's great. But every now and again. It takes a dump on the floor, and so I have to reload it. And so there, the sound got a little weird and cut out for a second. That was me fixing the problem. So we should sound good now. Apologies for that. Again, the joys of doing it live. We wouldn't do it any other way, though. Uh, thank goodness for the for OBS doing a backup recording. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Did you turn it on this time? Oh, no. OBS always does a backup recording. 
It, thankfully, ah, but good. it's a voice meter. I have to actually push the record button. But when I reload, um, when I have to reload the settings so it stops sounding terrible, it kills the recording. So, which makes sense. Ah. So, so just a little technical thing there. Apologize about that. Um, again, the joys of doing it. We're live. professionals, everyone. <laughs> you get what you pay for. <laughs> which is- I'm paying you like two dollars a Patreon on Patreon. So yeah, that's a better than expected. All considered. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, apologi- apologies for that kind of side note. But I just wanted to let everyone know we should be should be okay now. Uh, so, how long did it take to design? Like, because there's so many. There's got to be so many rules to this, and so many. Uh, how, how long did it take to basically put the Bible of this game together? Is I guess is my question. Ha. Uh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Jesus. Oh, my God. I didn't even. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> That's why you don't do it live. You should have. You could have edited that out. If it was live. <laughs> so, Cutting room floor. That was so stupid. That was so stupid. Okay, please. To, yeah. So, so I'm trying to think what the like last thing that went into the game from a design point of view. Um, and the so we had the the la, the very last thing that went in even though we had the idea for it a, a while before was the unique solar system so like a, an only asteroid system or a, a kind of failed binary star right um those only went in a few months ago um even though they, i mean it's a pretty straightforward idea so we had it we've had it for a while but up until i don't know i suppose probably like a year for everything to like fully finalize you know minus some other like content details and whatever to like design the whole thing and implement it and so on does that answer your question i'm not sure if that no it does it does because i can just tell there are so many rules and there's so much going on like you can only build this here and you can't build this there and you know and and you need this to build it there's there's, there's, there's so many i can only imagine the the flow charts (laughs) That I took to put all this together. I don't know what you used, but like there are just so many rules and rules and rules. I mean, it's not, I'm, and I'm saying that's it's amazing that it all works, I think. Um, and it never felt too complex. Like a game with a lot of rules um, can really, I feel, bog down the player at some point. And I've run into many games where, you know, the player is just saturated with information. And uh, it becomes too much. And that is never a problem here. Like, it feels like you give the player what they need uh, to make, hopefully, the right decision. Uh, or in more, most cases, the wrong one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of that is also, like, each rule or idea or whatever has a, has a purpose, right? Um, which is hard to, to get right. And for certain people that, you know, like, will or won't kind of work right so it's not even like a universal thing and then the other the other side of that is like does each rule kind of like naturally meet the player's expectations you know it's like you need fuel to travel in the solar system right so like fuel is a pretty understandable concept um and it sort of does what you would expect it to and so that kind of more more than the amount of rules or ideas like whether a rule is feels like integral and whether it meets the player's expectations kind of leads more to the overwhelming nature of it and that is also like super dependent on 
a, an individual player, right? Like if you under, if you know what a Delta V map is, you'll have an easier time playing the game in a kind of like getting on board sense than someone who has to kind of learn, you know, why aren't the planets moving or or what are what are all these numbers? Like why is this number bigger than this other number when you know, yeah, if if you kind of know what that is then it it meets your expectations pretty quickly. And thankfully, the manual, both in the, the, the in-game manual, which is really nice, and the printed manual explain those things. Um, so, yeah, like, it's, it's tough. I have to say it's tough to have a game that's as complex as this but not feel complicated for the player. That's a very tight, high-wire rope to walk. <laughs> yeah, it looks... It, it is... I was not sure if it would land because uh, I was very keenly aware of that uh, that difficulty before it came out. So it looks it looks easier now that it's out and everyone understands it, but it's not a given that it it'll land for sure. Yeah, I you didn't do if I remember correctly, there was no early access for this. It just Correct. hit straight one point So yeah, we're going in, <laughs> which is which seems to be a rarity these days. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Technical difficulties. I accidentally turned one too far. Sorry. And I Hang couldn't on. find this. So, moving on. Next question. Okay, so there's, there's, a, there's the, sorry, there's a cat issue. Going on right now. Ah, my favorite title take all the abilities. My uh, my cats. wife my wife was trying to trim their nails before we go out of town. And, ah, cats uh, and marriage. Yeah, and tr- trimmed one a bit much, so now it's a whole thing. Um, ah, yeah, oh no, yeah. So hopefully uh, that sorts itself out. I think it's sorting itself out, but hopefully I don't have to go and help. But if she asks me to help, we might have to call it. Just FYI. Uh, well. You know, Cats do take priority over podcasts, typically. Ab- absolutely. I mean, as much as I love you guys, they're 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 a little closer to family. Got to admit, they're living with you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, you're living with them, so you, you, know, you have you know. to face them every day. Every every day. They yes. own your house. I don't know if you knew that. Oh no, I I know it's their apartment. I know it's not my exactly. apartment. They it's their apartment. I just pay all the bills and buy all the food and. <laughs> You, you are it. the exile that is sent out to do errands for them. Exactly. I'm glad you understand what the, what the arrangement is then. Duh. So I guess what my question is, since you didn't do early access, a lot of people use early access as like their playtesting, like, you know, kind of paid playtesting, sure. yep. obviously. What, what did you have friends? Did you recruit uh, specific playtesters? Like, how did you go through that process without doing uh, early access? Yeah, I mean, yes, we everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, friends, friends played it. Um, you know, people I know in some like board game communities, I brought it to them, and you know, with the like, hey, you know, I've got this game. It's very board game themed. Curious from you know your perspective as someone who maybe only plays board games or plays both board game and video games. And um, yeah, no, a lot. I mean, a lot of testing for sure. A lot of the testing of the manual as well. I think the manual has like 10 iterations in it to kind of. Oh, wow. Uh, get it to a you know point where it, it 
teaches you the game correctly. Um, did you uh, did you write the man? Oh, so you wrote the manual yourself as well. I'm looking at the credits yes. right now. Wow. Yeah. That must have been. I can't imagine how much work goes into writing something like this. A lot. A lot of work. <laughs> oh my god. But it's in a sense, right? Like if you if you think of a a kind of game tutorial, right? It's probably less work than if I had to make a whole tutorial system in the game to teach you everything the manual teaches you. Um, so, I mean, the game has a tutorial, but it's it's pretty light. Um, but if it if it had to have that kind of like step by step, you know, kind of uh, what's not not curated, but like bespoke, you know, unique scenario solar system for teaching you, you know, artifacts and hazards and you know hibernating and every like last little element. That's also like a substantial amount of work and is hard to iterate with as well. So from a production point of view, the manual saves time in, in some ways, but also, you know, cause I've done print layout work before. And so it kind of fits my skill set as well. So let me ask you then a lot of games back in the day, they had a manual, but they also had a strategy guide. Is that something that might be in the works? <laughs> you know, the, like, game, the manual has a strategy guide in it for one of the pages has a like, here's how to complete a solar system. You know, it's like a two page spread basically. Right. But like a lot of times, yeah, yeah. The, the tips and everything, but like, I was thinking like a strategy guide will have things that the manual doesn't like all the artifacts you can find and, and yada, yada, like all this extraneous stuff that you don't necessarily need, but if you're really mm. into the game, you might love, you know? <laughs> sure. I mean, the, the manual also has a page with all the artifacts in it. <laughs> Does it? Wait, I'm looking yeah. at the damn I'm looking at the damn thing right now. I see ships, I see engines, I see buildings, I see resource. Oh, there's artifacts. Okay, I'm stupid. <laughs> you heard it here first, first, folks. I missed a page in a manual. <laughs> mm. Apologies. Um, I, I swear to you, I did read this before we started, but I have a notoriously bad memory. <laughs> And the cat thing has me very distracted. Now, I'm, all I'm thinking of is my cat bleeding all over the apartment. That's all I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> I cannot focus on anything else. I really hope my cat isn't bleeding all over the place right now. <sighs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> I'm all right. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, it's, it's, it's a... It's a, it's a just a side note, it's a, we're going out of town, and it's a very specific type of stress we're under <laughs> right now. <laughs> and, and, ugh, I'm all right. Anyway, so you already talked about, so has the game been doing well uh, since you released it? Uh, are, you, are you pleased with its response? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, that was, like I said, the, that whole high wire act thing the game forces you onto, we were really not sure if, people would like that um because it's not you know you i don't know if you could describe the game as pleasant to play right in a sense but that doesn't like no we're never gonna say that as like a marketing <laughs> thing because that's kind of stupid um but it, it's you know and for certain people it absolutely will not be their thing right and uh yeah no so the the reception is is great because people are into it and they kind of understand that that's the point and 
I'm also not here to be mean, right? Like the manual and and so on is is very much like, let me help you dig your way out of this hole um, kind of vibe. And so it's been good to see that did kind of come across. Uh, yeah, most of the reviews I'm looking at on the Steam page are pretty positive. I mean, there are a couple of negative ones, but you know that's the you know nature of things. But you know, so far, I mean, you got to be happy with that kind of reception. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. How scary was it to actually put the... Re- I mean, when you said you weren't sure if this was going to go, how scary was it to push the release button on this thing? Uh, I mean, I've, I've done it before. It's, it's all, all, they're all scary. <laughs> this That's one isn't, wasn't any more scary than any of the others. So. That's fair. <laughs> you do have experience with this. But uh, yeah, if it was me, I'd be terrified. It was me. I'd be utterly like I'm helping a developer put his game out. He's the developer. I'm just a play tester, but I'm so nervous about finally releasing the damn thing. <laughs> I'm so, so nervous about it. <laughs> I'm so yeah, scared. It's, it's, it is very nerve wracking to release. Yeah. Especially on a platform like steam where there's like 300 games coming out every day. <laughs> Like, okay, here we go. <laughs> but I have to say, your game is, I would say it's very unique. I mean, there are other games that deal with, you know, exploration and build, building and whatnot. Can you guys hear that? Okay, it sounds like you can't. Bit. Good. Oh, you can a little bit? Okay. Sorry about that. It was, you know. <sighs> it's not the biggest apartment in the world. Um, and I totally lost my train of thought. This is a great show today, you guys. This is a great, great show. We're doing great. <laughs> I'm doing great. I apologize, Nick. I, I, I'm usually better at this, but there's some things going on that's totally throwing me. <laughs> I really apologize. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but I, I am very uh, happy with the game. Um, it's, I wouldn't call it a mean game, but once you find out what the mistake you made, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would say it's very strict. Yeah, it's very strict and very it can be very deflating. Like it <laughs> it it can it can feel very deflating when you're like, oh okay, I set this up. This is great. What's the next thing I have to do? Oh no, I should have done oh man. I have to start. It makes over you feel there. better. I I also feel that when I play test it. Oh really? I, I will I will still make silly mistakes and get very annoyed. So that does make me feel better. <laughs> It makes me feel a lot better because it's your baby. And if you still make mistakes, then anyone can. <laughs> Whew. I feel a lot better now, actually. <laughs> we sh- I, I, I hate to do this, but we got to start wrapping up because it's kind of chaotic over here. Um, is that okay, Nick, if we start wrapping up? Sure, yeah. I, I, fr- friends, Nick, and people listening, and my co-host, I really apologize, but with all that's happening behind me, I really, I'm really distracted today. Uh, I really apologize. I mean, I usually try and be a little more focused than this, even with the ADHD, but there's just so much going on behind me. and I'm really nervous about my cat right now. Um, so we're going to go. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode. Again, the game is the banished vault. It is on steam right now. 1.0, no early access, anything 1.0. It is terrific. If you like space exploration, strategy, logistic puzzles, uh, some role playing, uh, feeling depressed, 
uh, feeling lonely. <laughs> it's great for all those things. <laughs> where, where could you get all of those in one? I spot? know it's it's tough. It's really really tough. Uh, uh, is there a soundtrack? You, oh, there isn't right now. Is there going to be yeah. one? Because I like the music. There. Uh, yeah. Yeah, soundtracks on everywhere. I think Bandcamp, Spotify. Oh, okay. it's not on uh, Steam. I don't see it on Steam. I'll have to go look at. Bandcamp. No, it's that's true. Yes, I shouldn't say everywhere. It's not on Steam, but it is anywhere you would think to get music. Oh, that's good. Okay, because I really like the music. I wanted to say that I really like the music. I'll go to Bandcamp. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I'll go to no, Bandcamp. Two artists. Yeah, Nervous Test Pilot and Dream Track did a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah. The music is very fitting, very moody, really great. And I'm going to go to Bandcamp as soon as we're done. Uh, so that's going to do it for uh, this episode. Like I said, no podcast next week, uh, friends, because I'm out of town. But uh, in two weeks, we're going to welcome on the developer of that roguelike thing I played a few weeks ago called Warp Vector, which we all really enjoyed. Uh, so in two weeks, we're going to have another guest back on. And uh, I forget the name of the game we're playing tomorrow. I can't think about it right now. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk about uh, this very complex yet beautiful and delightful game uh you should all buy it friends it's really good even if it even if it kicks you in the balls sometimes it's most of the time your fault so it never like (laughs) it never feels really that bad it's tough but fair yeah yeah well for the until you get to the part where according to nick the game stops giving a crap about you Uh, (laughs) i don't know if i want to get that far honestly that sounds really you should, you should you should just once <laughs> just, just to see what I, it's I, once just to see what a I, slap I, in the face it is <laughs> yeah i really i really appreciate you saying the the game isn't mean and it's it's not your fault but it that does go away at some point it will start just being mean. well that's actually you, and then there's the difficulty modes i don't know if you've seen those Oh, hell. Uh, well, I like that there's a curve then. I have to say I appreciate that there's a curve in that, in that regard. Definitely. Um, Definitely. That's, that's also a tough nut to crack. Uh, so well done there as well. My friends, well, I got to oh, go ahead. It's possible to set the game to be humiliate me even more than it already has. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the start, all the difficulty modes are set to the easiest. Oh God! Oh no! Oh. This is easiest, everyone. <laughs> oh, oh God! Oh, 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 I think I'll cut my own fingernails until I bleed. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. <laughs> I apologize. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Be safe. Be well. Take care of each other. Uh, please get vaccinated if you haven't already. I can't believe I have to keep saying that. And uh, thank you to all our patrons. Uh, who keep the lights on around here. We'll see you next time, y'all. Bye-bye.